0: Thank you for making that choice again to click play. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are Rochelle and Carter, where we're just two semi-normal people talking about what we're going through in the Bible. Say, and semi-normal life. people? Have
1: you met us? Why yes, do you we're have not- to include me in that? Are You saying it about yourself. That's of the fine. two
0: of us, you're more weird. You're the most weird <laughs> of the two of us.
1: And you know it's true. That's why fine. you're laughing. Uh- did I you say fine? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I am the weirdest one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one wearing Star Wars right now. There you go. On my yeah. shirt. That's right. I even, do you see my little Grogu necklace?
0: You have a, uh, that's Baby Yoda, right? See? exact. Okay. Let's establish Case nerddom. Everybody on planet Earth, 90% of the population, <laughs> calls him Baby Yoda, and the Star Wars crowd That's right. calls him Grogu. Well,
1: I, I remember uh, John Favreau is the guy who created uh-huh. The Mandalorian, and he, he made was, a big deal about yeah, it. Yeah, he's didn't. like, it's called The Child because Grogu hadn't been revealed yet. Thing. Okay,
0: okay, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever. All right, so L- hang on. Just let me get my water bottle of my Mickey Mouse pouch here. I'm joking. You're a walking Disney billboard. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> all right. Hope is where you can find more incredible, incredible encouragement through music, through articles, through other podcasts. You know, we have one you can go through specifically the Old Testament, the Torah. And so, Rochelle, you're in a way going through a lot of that right now because you're chronologically reading the Bible. And well, I
1: passed Torah.
0: You passed it, which is is that the first five books only? The what first
1: five books. That's the law. Uh, not meant to be read separately, per se, because it's kind of all mushed together.
0: All five you should take together? Yeah. That's interesting. Uh,
1: and and um, I've been told by so many people, just remember to take the whole Bible together. Yeah. Because it's a package deal, and right? They put
0: it together for a reason, and yeah. certainly there's there's completely separate things at completely separate times going on. Last
1: week, we shared that Ezra and Nehemiah, essentially one
0: book. Now, why did they split that one up?
1: I, uh, you know what? I would have to do more research about it. Maybe yeah. just for... I don't know, for volume Well, some of
0: it's just for us, right? The verses, you know, these are letters in the New Testament being written and the verses were just for us for reference. It's not for any spiritual reason.
1: Primarily, Ezra deals with Ezra and Nehemiah with Nehemiah.
0: Oh, so you're saying... Yes. They named... (laughs)
1: So you're like, why do they split them up? Maybe it's because when people just want to read material about Ezra, I mean, you'll still see his name pop up in the book of Nehemiah. I'm just yeah. saying. I don't know, Me- Meanwhile,
0: people that didn't get their own <laughs> book, like Aaron, the brother of Moses, <laughs> confound
1: it. He never wrote one. Of course, there's not a book of Moses either. At least we don't know that he wrote one. He might have written one, but maybe it wasn't as good. <laughs> I don't but know. But he's got incredible biceps. Yeah, there well, there you go. And <laughs> I, and if you've ever wondered what about in the New Testament, you've got first and second Peter, or first mm-hmm. and second third John. Those those are uh letters, separate letters. Yeah. So that's why that's separate. But uh yeah, so I in the book of Esther. And you shared beautifully about this book you never read it before. It was a, a several podcasts ago.
0: Yeah, it had always been more of a they reserved that for the women's bible study which i wish they wouldn't have but mm. just at my church they it seemed like that we never went over it as a youth group to my knowledge and so uh, i never really went through it
1: so this the last podcast we did i did mention that the same king of persia could have been some people think that it might have been the son of Xerxes and Esther okay.
2: referenced okay. in
1: in helping you know the building rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem the temple um, but I don't think that's accurate from what I gather in terms of history and timeline. I'm feeling like there might have been a like a, a good hundred years or so in between in between those stories. OK, so and I could be wrong, but it's one of those things where we, we this is still upheld as the best historical document that anybody has mm-hmm. on planet Earth, the Bible. So. We're still figuring things out. I love it when it's like, no, this didn't happen. And then like 10 years, uh, archaeology proves that it did. <laughs>
0: whole, whole people groups have been found. Whole people
1: groups, right.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: So give it time. If there is there is no archaeological basis for this, just give it time.
0: There probably will be. Uh, yeah.
1: Because, you know, Jesus stakes his reputation on uh, the word of God is truth. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but Esther, here's an interesting story some have question as to whether is it fiction? Is this just you know this is narrative, this is a, a great way to encourage and inspire the Hebrew culture. Then there's also the point the fact you, in fact I, I don't know if you ever meant if you mentioned this or not, but that God's name is never brought up Jesus's name clearly it's Old Testament has never been brought up. uh, no messianic references to mm-hmm. there is a coming king who will help us one day so um. So people are like, "Well, is this a secular book? Is this even something that should have been in the Bible, hmm. included in the Bible?" And so there's, yeah, there's been some questions. Is this sounds a lot like um, one of the one of the stories that was around uh, the gods of Babylon? And I, I read that in my Bible today. My uh, Bible is called the Learning Bible; it gives you context and stuff. So I kind of looked into that. I was like, "That's fascinating to me." I have seen that presented by certain groups who want to um, who want to basically go up against you in a fight in terms of what you believe as to whether it's historically accurate. Did mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this really occur? Right. Is what you're believing a fairy tale? Because it's hugely compatible with some of the mythological stories, what we read in Greek tragedy, all this stuff. And so I, I looked into it a little bit deeper, and there was a Jewish gentleman who was actually disputing um He's he's going up against some pretty heavy hitters in terms of, well, this is what uh, this particular Persian historian says. And there is no record of this particular king and dot, dot, dot. And there is no Esther. And it's fascinating to me that the the gentleman, there were two uh, prominent doctors in Persia who would write things down. And it was mostly, from what I gather, a hearsay type of thing. Like they had heard about an event and they wrote about what they had heard. Okay. But in regards, I mean, that, I don't think I would stand up in a court of law today. So this, this particular Jewish gentleman was saying, why is it that no matter how many times the Bible was proved itself, that it is still like, you'll put it up against something like this, if you want to call it documentation that we have from two Persian doctors of the time period. Right who are alluding to were never present to this is what I heard. You know, we have first person encounters in scripture a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to get that from time to time when people want to sit down and have a conversation in regards to what it is that you read. Sometimes it may take you by surprise because I had never even thought to go, ah, I wonder if the story of Esther is real. You know, I've, I've been hearing this story, reading the story for a very long time. I, I grew up in the church so I was like, oh, that kind of that kind of threw me. It didn't throw my faith at all. Yeah. It shouldn't throw your faith at all because even if it was a story meant to encourage a people, should that shake your faith? Let me just put that out there. I'm not saying it's true.
0: Well, I think um, because a lot of people have said this about especially like Noah and the Ark. Okay. Stories like that. Sure. Uh, they a lot say, of controversy. They say, I can't believe that. You know, I can't yep. believe the way it happened.
1: There's a lot of people who are following after Jesus, love the Lord with all their heart, and they don't necessarily agree that that's a thing.
0: And sure. and that's um, and I certainly have certainly feelings about that. Um, but even in that one, um, I didn't realize that the words used at the time didn't it could mean the whole world or it could just mean all the land like the region. And mm-hmm. there's certainly evidence of a flood in that region. Yeah. Um. So there's just a lot of ways to look at it. But it's stories like that that people will really go after. But ultimately, nothing should shake faith unless it was proved that Jesus actually didn't rise from the dead. Even Paul says that if he's not risen, basically, we should be pitied as Christians. And that's the only thing that if and there's just no matter what you what angle you come from, ultimately, it's going to take a leap of faith. But what is for some reason put on Christianity is that we're taking a bigger leap of faith when it's really the opposite. Mm-hmm. To say there's no God or to say Jesus didn't exist or to, I mean, there's so much evidence and the bigger leap is that of an atheist.
1: We can't necessarily get into all the evidence because I, I'm not going to even stand here and pretend, actually I'm sitting, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I could give you enough to go off of in terms of defending your faith in regards to the story of Esther. Sure. Uh, But it's worth researching when somebody may or may not ask you about it, or even for your own curiosity, from what I read this morning, it was good enough for me. I was like, no, what, what this gentleman I was reading said made sense. Mm -hmm. We continually just put the Bible on the line. And maybe it's because it's the oldest documentation of historical accuracy. Uh, What, what, historians have said all right this is it this is the thing that stands against the test of time Mm -hmm. in terms of accuracy because time and time again it keeps proving itself correct and even if they're not you know christians per se they're saying there's a lot of stuff here in the context of the scriptures that falls in line with what we have discovered with archaeological digs in seeing what has been handed down throughout the years,
0: names used of leaders at that time, people who you know,
1: Cephas. We've talked about that. Is it Josephus? Excuse me. Oh, Josephus, the Josephus, Roman historian the, that's
0: not a Christian. Exactly. Yeah,
1: corroborates the story of what we read in biblical text. Yeah. So what I what I was hearing from this guy, in so many words, he's like, okay, so some of the, uh, some, some of the. What did he say Oh my word? I don't know. Some of the consonants of the name was similar with Esther or something in regards to the queen of the time. And maybe this is how it got derived. Maybe, maybe not. But he's saying we have someone who in ancient days wrote down this account. And you are trying to compare it to two gentlemen who wrote it as hearsay. (laughs) And you can't go, well, based on what we heard from these two doctors in Persian times who uh, lived next door to so-and-so, who lived next door to so-and-so, who right. also lived next door to so-and-so. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, you can't... It's, it's like, oh, I heard they had the best pizza. But <laughs> I was in the pizzeria.
0: I ate the pizza. <laughs> I it's, 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 it's like this. It's like this. Because for some reason, mainstream secular stuff will get a pass yeah. for low evidence compared to Christianity. So it'd be like this. Let's say... Uh, me and you are in a, the college class in marketing, and we got to uh, start our own restaurant. Okay. Um, in, in the class. And yeah. so we. A pizzeria. A pizzeria. And so we print off 20 menus um, as part of our project uh, to present it to the class mm-hmm. so that everybody would have a, a menu in their hands and we're doing our little marketing plan, uh, marketing presentation. Uh, now, maybe, maybe not, we eventually go on to start our own pizzeria. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a real restaurant like Pizza Hut. Um, In 2000 years from now, let's just say that the Internet breaks down. There's the only way to find records is like we do now Mm -hmm. from 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. They're digging in the dirt and they find our 20 menus of our fake pizzeria or real. We we could pick either scenario. Maybe we went on to start one. Maybe we did not And then they find a hundred and fifty thousand Pizza Hut menus. And you would have people that would go, mm, you know, the Pizza Hut thing isn't real. But that Rochelle and Carter pizzeria, that was real. We should teach that in schools. <laughs> and you this is it. You have hundreds, thousands of biblical manuscripts yeah. that are copies of each other. And they know if there's ever one, that, if somebody went rogue and added stuff, they would just they know to take it out because it doesn't match the other four thousand manuscripts, yeah. and so you have all of this evidence. Whereas Socrates and Plato have like twelve,
1: Homer, the Iliad, Homer Odyssey. We we ju- we just put it in schools. Not nearly as ancient as what we have in in the Bible. It's a fair comparison, what you're saying. And I I, I just want to say, if you if you're listening right now and you're skeptic, I, I really do try to find evidence. For or against. It's like, okay, so let, let's let find out the truth here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, if we are looking at from a uh, non-biased approach, as much as I can be, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. So I am always going to have that. Listen, I'm, I'm leaning in towards that direction. Yeah. But I'm trying to stay, you know, with my hands up in the air and get, okay, Lord, let me look at this from all perspectives here. Time and time again, I am so impressed with how everything flows in scripture how everything meets and you say everything there's stuff in scripture i read that doesn't make sense explore it Hmm. is my is my word to you yeah explore it because there is there's nothing willy-nilly in there it's it's heavily laden with symbolism and so esther's this incredible story about this woman who is jewish she gets married to a king who's kind of a drunk. Honestly, from the very beginning he's like that. This really long party goes almost is over 100 days and ends up kind of divorcing his first wife because she doesn't want to She submit won't go to over and talk to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where Esther comes in cuz he has a beauty pageant. Honestly, it's one of those things that nowadays women would be like, this feels yeah. strange. Right. That's the times. Uh, and she is this incredible person. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, even though it does not give God the credit because of her Jewish culture, her background, because of what she has been taught. And we even see in her integrity later as she goes in front of the king where it could cost her her life. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a woman of valor and integrity. So that shines through. That's going to make an impact on a king who's used to somebody who's kind of selfish and not wanting to show up, even though you're a drunkard person who's asking her to. But anyway... (laughs) It sounds so, like a
0: marriage of people that aren't followers of Christ. <laughs> I mean, <there's, laughs> but we're all imperfect, but still.
1: Dester is an incredible story, and you get such opposite. these The telling of this story, it's, in fact, I was reading about it. I think it's C-H-I-A-S. Let me make sure I'm saying this right, because I, I don't know the word. It's chia seeds. <laughs> Chiasm. Kiasm, okay. chiasm, okay. could be saying that wrong. A chiasm is a literary technique in a piece of literature, which is a narrative or poetry, uh, specifically that you would find it in, designed with a symmetrical pattern. It highlights certain themes and points of detail. And you f- see in direct contrast with the bad guy who is Haman in the storyline, to Mordecai, who is Esther's older cousin, who was taken care of her mm-hmm. after her parents died in the midst of exile and such. Um... Mordecai rocks. I mean, this guy's incredible. I mean, the story's funny. You pointed that out a few podcasts ago when you read it through. Dark,
0: dark humor. Yeah,
1: it's funny. <laughs> I, okay, well that that seems like it was coming to him. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Haman gets his in the end, but it's this incredible morality integrity tale where Mordecai asks the unthinkable of his it's almost like a niece. It's a cousin, but it's like a niece because he's older. Mm -hmm. And she's going to save her people. Eventually, at the end of the story, that's what we discover. She will save her people with her bravery and going in front of a guy who has the ability to take her life in that moment. If he didn't want to see her, she goes into his presence and he says, yep, want to see you. I really like you. It's been 30 days since her husband asked to see her. This is not a great marriage, by the way. This is one of those one of those weird things that you see about maybe in a, a Netflix special where you find out how kings and queens interrelate with each other back in those days. It just, wow. It's
0: very uh, uh, set up, very uh, uh, arranged and sexist. Yeah. yeah.
1: You're there to, for my beck and call. It's not about team. Right. It's so, But you you don't see the name of God and yet his fingerprints are all over the story in this tale. There's a very clear presence of good versus evil. And even if I was to be told tomorrow, I was handed a document tomorrow that said, okay, there is no history behind it. We have discovered, in fact, it was a story of fiction. It was one that inspired a people and continues to, um, specifically during a holiday event, uh, which was, was something I didn't know about until this morning and reading um, kind of to, to know a little bit more about the story and to try to, can I give it a little more credit in terms of his historical accuracy and reading about it from this this Jewish gentleman. I'm so grateful for people who go out there and find the facts. Well, yeah, because that's what it says. To the best says. of our abilities. That's know? what
0: it says at the end of the chapter, that they still celebrate it to this day, right, of whatever the festival is. Gosh, now I want to There's something look it there up. at the end. And I would be curious about, are there any references to Esther in the New Testament? Hmm. I mean, talking about the proof of it, that would be a big one for me, is if Paul or Peter or Jesus ever referenced esther like like they did jesus referenced much of deuteronomy for example purim
1: what is it P- purim that's the P- festival i am it's an observed holiday yeah um make sure that i'm saying this correctly gosh i just clicked on a thing you know when you see it in the the google and you're like oh that's it and then you click on it and you're like no that wasn't it yes. <laughs> uh but no it, it is purim i i Could not tell you more. I'll have to. I'll have to do some more research. Okay, but it is a holiday, an Orthodox tradition, Jewish tradition. So
0: yeah, that's interesting. That's Mm -hmm. fascinating. Um, No, but like you said, it would be still inspiring. uh, But but ultimately, it comes down to who is Jesus, and that makes or breaks the. I mean, it would be startling, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't make me leave Christianity if you disproved the whole Old Testament and anything outside of the Gospels.
1: That's a bold statement. I don't know if I would agree with that. I think because everything in the Old Testament does support what we see in the New Testament.
0: That is, while that is true, the prophecies especially are a huge thing. If there's still proof that a guy— Uh, came to this earth, nobody had a bad thing to say against him and truly about, you know, sin. Nobody could accuse him of an actual sin. Mm -hmm. He dies and then is seen by hundreds of people after. I'm still going to go for it. I'm still going to take that leap of faith on Jesus. Yeah. uh, Regardless of if even if the prophecies didn't exist.
1: I totally know what what you're saying. I love, though, how we don't have to do that. We don't have to separate one from another. You know, and and we do ask those hypothetical questions. What if tomorrow Mm -hmm. the bones of Jesus were discovered? What would happen? And you think about, wow, okay, you've just staked what you believe on is the fact that there has been no body. We do believe in a resurrected Lord. Flesh and bone was there. It wasn't spirit, according to the scripture. So where would that put you in terms of what you believe?
0: Well, I know what I would probably do is just not believe it, uh, not believe that they have the body of Jesus. <laughs> it's probably which is what I wouldn't believe. Um, but if I, if you was, if we're just talking a hypothetical of this is absolutely truly the body of Jesus, the disciples hid the body or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would that would wreck me. It, it would
1: be devastating mm-hmm. to your yeah. faith.
0: There, it is a leap of faith in so many ways, but but it's also not a blind faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it is um, you you have to do due diligence, and certainly we've talked. I'm not going to bring it up again much today, but certainly we've talked about the people leaving the church, mm-hmm. and I think that they were so rooted in the culture of Christianity uh, than the facts of Christianity. Yeah, and it's about going to church. It's about having a good time. It's about the worship experience. It's about and it's, it's those things are great. It's not about that. It's about, did this guy truly live a perfect life and then die and then come back from the dead and then ascend? Because then that would mean that everything we read is true. And to me, it, va- it would validate the Old Testament um, because then it's like, okay, well, then that was the son of God, the eternal God. Then then that's that. Then that's the, the leap of faith that I'm going to take right there. And
1: I think it's interesting, though, that you pointed out that your faith is not based loosely. Mm-hmm. It's based on, um, based on. Well, Hebrew says faith is the substance of things hoped for, mm-hmm. and the evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. So Jesus told uh, Thomas, and I, I'm so grateful that Thomas doubted, because we have this incredible passage in Scripture where there's no reprimand per se; it's just love and compassion, and and gentle correction, of saying, Thomas, blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. So we have evidence based on what other people have come along and provided, but we have not seen it.
0: Right. And and that's the leap of faith. But we also shouldn't listen to a random guy going, hey, guess what? Right. I saw him in the woods. He's here. Actually, the Bible specifically says don't listen to that guy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but
1: we don't have to listen to that guy because we have corroborated story throughout Scripture. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't have to. Well, I've seen the Grand Canyon. My husband hasn't. Mm-hmm. But he knows me and I've seen it. And he knows from other people that it exists. He knows from pictures and books and data and all the things that there it is. There's right. this giant canyon in Arizona. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's along that same line. Some may look at us like you're ridiculous if you believe this. There's just so much proof. It, it really does require a leap of faith almost to not believe. <laughs> so- I,
0: it's a bigger leap. Truly, it really is.
1: Um, But all of that to say, when we get defensive in regards to our faith, I don't think that is going to afford anybody help. It's not going to be that thing that bridges the gap for them to come to Jesus. Defensiveness that just gets people riled up. It gets me riled up. Mm -hmm. I get angry. Mm -hmm. I get half cocked. I'm ready to go. You know? Um, and th- uh, honestly, when I w- discover these things in Scripture, and, and I, I find out that there might be some questions about its historical accuracy, immediately I feel that inside me, mm-hmm. my mm, I get a little defensive. What do you, What do you mean? I don't want to look it up. I don't want to defend what it is that I believe. And what I'm constantly being reminded of is is to just release into a peace place all of these kinds of things that I feel. Uh, Because number one, it's not good for my stress levels Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. nobody ever solved anything being all clenched and, you know, knots and stuff. And I got to go get a massage because I'm all upset. You know, I love this song. Your love defends me. God is is he is the author of everything we've ever known. And other people's doubts do nothing to undo him. He is. You know, it, it's just a matter of fact, he is. And so just breathe in those moments where people confront you about your faith and maybe they don't even confront you. They they attack you. Sure, Just breathe and know, see, you don't have to be undone by what they're saying because you have been allowed truth. You are a part of that truth now and you're getting angry and bitter and upset is not going to help get them to a place of understanding
0: well and can we all admit that we're going to get to heaven and be wrong about something i mean christians will be wrong about something you know is some churches are speaking in tongues very pro and some are very anti uh you have young earth creationists and you have christians that think okay no it is i mean the got a thousand years a day is like a thousand years to god and a thousand years is like a day so their earth may be 64 million years old are there dinosaurs are there not i mean we have agreements disagreements even within christianity so we can't all be right about everything and so even if somebody outside of the faith you know yeah attacks like i think the the defensiveness in terms of i don't want to look like an idiot that that's where it's really going to derail the conversation, because if, then I'm making about me in, instead of about the facts of of God. So you're absolutely right. If I become defensive in terms of my pride because of what I believe, well, then they're just going to see through it His anyway. He's
1: word stands alone. He doesn't need us. Yeah. Yeah. And it is
0: vexing that people can look at that and say false things. Sure. But you're right. The truth is going to be the truth no matter what. Uh, share what you're I have one one thing with um, uh, in, in it's kind of turned into apologetics podcast, which I love. Uh, but I wish
1: I knew more to speak into it, though. I know there are people who know a lot of stuff on the subject. I will tell you, dabbling in it is OK when you become obsessed with it. I think that's when I can start to get into a place of defensiveness that I can't return. Either
0: that or you speak at college campuses against atheists. (laughs) Like the guy I'm about to play, honestly. (laughs) Um, But talk about what your, because this goes for anything, for defending your faith or any sort of frustration, uh, what your dad said about the ABCs.
1: Oh, yeah. So my father has this tool and ABC, it can't get easier than aware, breathe, and choose. Mm -hmm. So- Let's take, for instance, a a moment where maybe you're reading something on social media or maybe like this morning when I was reading in my quiet time, something that alluded to this might not be real. (gasps) And immediately I feel triggered. I'm defensive. I'm frustrated. Maybe even a little bit. you got to give me give me a break. Not again. You know, so whatever it is that might trigger you. Aware. I want to get to a place where I am aware of the things that do trigger me. And maybe I, I become aware of those things on a um, on a regular basis. Like if I know that traffic is going to trigger me. All right. Before I get in the car, I know that this is a thing. Yeah. Let me be aware of this, Lord, today. Before I, I go on social media, I know that this, we're going to read comments that are going to upset me. I'm aware this is a thing. Um, and not necessarily to avoid, but to be aware so I can compartmentalize the next part.
0: I think I will avoid the comments.
1: <laughs> okay. So. This
0: is in some of those, the scum of the earth, the scum of the earth live in the comment section.
1: So It's just, they, they want to see who they can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're just doing it to to prod you really. It's kind of a
1: nitpick. Yeah. You know, pick, 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 pick. Everybody loved that when they were siblings growing. <laughs> Would you leave me alone? Not touching me. So you breathe. Next is breathing. And what does that do? It's such a wonderful, well, there's something scientific about it. What it does for you Physically. It helps clear your brain space. (laughs) Uh, I don't think doctors would put it exactly like that, but it does. Immediately, I have more peace Mm -hmm. and a perspective that I would have not had two seconds ago because I'm able to kind of distance myself by breathing. Breathe. Okay, now you know that you're aware that this is a triggering event. I'm breathing through it. And C is choose. My choice, whatever happens here, is going to affect not only me, but those in my community, in my world, in my car, yeah. in my comment section.
0: I think about, in you take all three of these, mm-hmm. and you know, my son Ezra is just over a year old, and I've even tried to hold back now, even though he probably won't remember it. But certainly in the next few months or a couple of years, uh, if I'm in traffic, um, and it's, it's one of those... Traffic, we've talked about the verse, it's uh, to one's glory to overlook an offense. Mm -hmm. And traffic is a perfect example of that. Very rarely are you going to ever need to chase somebody down and make sure that they get proper justice. Yeah. I can't think of many times that you'd actually need to chase somebody. And you are aware of that so that you can breathe, so that you can choose not to yell obscenities or give gestures. Because I'm going to probably, I know me at least... I will forget about this in an hour or two in most situations. Mm. And that means I have chosen to be wise and not yell. And I'm, it's not going to affect me anyway later, or I could choose to rant and yell and curse and now I have Ezra in the backseat watching that.
1: And there is no way that you would forget that in he an won't. hour.
0: He'd wait. Oh, well, that's true. If I saw the look on his face, but certainly he won't. Do I want he him growing up saying, living like that or saying that, oh, I my love, dad. Oh, my dad.
1: I love that you're putting that first, that he won't. Um, And then, of course, you guilt trip as a parent because you've failed him. And by the way, give yourself that permission slip now. You're going to fail him. Well,
0: it's going to happen a couple of times, but but on the ongoing. Yes, exactly, exactly. So
1: I know that these are trigger events, so I'm aware. And now I'm going to breathe through it. And now I'm see choosing. And it's so it's so good. You know, these little steps that you can have for your life. Yes, it may be something laughable in terms of like a comedy sketch on SNL. All right, in therapy, now we've got the ABCs, the breathing stuff. ABC. Fine. Laugh about it. But at the same time, if it could end up literally saving your life from a road rage incident. Um, incident, Yeah, true. If it can save you from having to go back and have to apologize to an entire group of people. Yeah. Because of your comments on a Facebook post. You know, it's...
0: The enemy wants us to react like that. Yeah. And so if you can separate the emotion from the decision, if you can breathe and then choose, because the emotion is now even to some degree subsided, if not fully subsided, we're going to make a lot more wise decisions.
1: There's 26 more letters. I mean, there's 26 letters in the alphabet. You don't have to stop with C. So if you want to go, all right, now Devo time. I mean, make up your own. He okay. he stopped at C. Let's go
0: ahead and uh, I'm going to put Rochelle on the spot here. Okay, you got... A, B, and C. D is Devo. What's E?
1: E? Mm-hmm. Eloquent.
0: Okay.
1: I'm, I'm going to share with others mm-hmm. what I've learned in the okay. Devo. F? Frankly, I think that maybe if I'm eloquent with the Devo, I have an opportunity to go there's g frankly so others, it's just a word you use
0: as a bridge to get to g Listen, there
1: wasn't a step that included the word f i'm inviting other people to this you just put me on this, but it's unfair how about friends wait, wait. right now i am okay. aware that i am frustrated i'm going to breathe oh no now we're off to g you're gonna and not stop i'm gonna choose to throw this pencil at you <laughs>
0: no, i'm kidding you haven't made a w wise decision oh man that's fun that's fun all right um Actually, can we play a little game? Right now? Yeah, we've done this before. Yes,
1: as long as it it's involves a pencil getting this thrown is, This is a
0: real fun thing real quick, and then right. I want to wrap it up with the video that I have, the little audio clip of uh, William Lane Craig, that talks about those threatening things when people say Christianity is just a copied religion from ancient other texts.
1: Which also, I, I've been charged in my own spirit whenever I start to think about those folk that make me upset. Have I ever been one of those folk to other people of other faiths?
0: I certainly have, um, and I I, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel bad about it. I, well, but you I you cut
1: off communication, <laughs> you cut off the fellowship opportunity that you have to converse with somebody and affirm where you see truth in what they share. Hell, if you don't yes. see, okay,
0: and I, and that is what I do when I talk about the to the people of the other faith that I've mentioned over several podcasts, I do affirm where I can.
1: What's amazing is that I don't I don't think I see Jesus. Making a snarky look once he gives it to the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. No, you know what I mean? No. I feel that way on the inside, like, yeah, give it to Jesus. True, true. Tell they're a hypocrite. Yeah. But at the same time. Uh yeah, I I have to be careful of that spirit, because that's the same spirit that's coming at me yeah. in the social media post that just ticked me off. That's true. I don't want to be of that same spirit because that is not a Christ like place to yeah. be.
0: That's good. That's good. All right. So here's the quick game. Okay, give And me then game. we'll wrap up with the powerful thing. Okay. Um, we've done this. So we we do a Christian radio show, and uh, while we are very uh, passionate about when we have something hopefully powerful to share, mm. whether it's our own story or somebody else's. Um, we know how Christian radio can be. That it seems like people can do a little devotional uh, talk out of anything. So I'm gonna just give you a subject, okay. and you got to make a a uh, devo, a out, devo of out of it. All right. I will do my best. All right.
1: I do not wish to offend anybody right now. Because potentially, and it, Carter's actually made fun of me for this, everything has an object lesson capability. Everything, I, in my opinion. It can. Okay. It certainly
0: can. All right. Uh, getting to class on the first day and you were kind of late so you had to sit on the front row in front of the professor.
1: Okay, so making a devo out of that? Yeah, yeah go ahead. <sighs> first of all, I shouldn't have been late. That's on me. It's about responsibility. It's about time management and all that stuff, right? But. What else can God be teaching me through this? The first shall be last is what scripture tells me. So if I'm sitting in the front row and I've already been last in getting to the class, doesn't that kind of coincide there? It's like you are now last in everybody else's mind because you got there mm. last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now you're in the first row. Now you're in the first row. First shall be last.
0: And the last shall be first. So you <laughs> were late and now you're in the front row. That's good. That's good. You yeah, like that? That's fun. That was um, it? I don't know. We could do a couple. You, you Just went... rev
1: me up. Man. Uh, give, give, one on. to me. give one
0: to me. Give one okay, to me.
1: Okay. All right. Uh,
0: breath mint. Uh, oh, a breath mint. Okay.
1: That's it. I'm not even giving you a scenario. It's just breath <laughs> There's mint. There's no
0: scenario. It's just, it's just breath mint. Okay. All right. I know that a lot of times what I can do um, with the stank in my life <laughs> is find a band aid, find something that <laughs> masks it but doesn't truly take it away. Mm. You know when you have a breath, mint that somebody has such stank <laughs> really that yeah. it's just... Okay.
1: Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Okay. Um, you want one more? I just like how you said stank. Stank. Yeah. You got you. Yeah, All give right. me another one.
0: Okay. Um,
1: <clears throat> I was impressed with yours, by the way. Let's really see good. here. Well, you know,
0: honestly, we've joked about this, and then it's actually turned into something real because we'll have a real story that will pop out of it. Um, but let's see here. Uh, what about... Um, you, uh, oh, I got one. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad's left-handed. And this actually always happens. Okay. He, if he doesn't sit on the right or the, proper side of the table uh, he'll bump you with his because generally everybody's kind of made space for somebody's right elbow Mm -hmm, but he's mm -hmm. left-handed so that left elbow's sticking out and if you sit on his left side he's gonna bump you with that and so let's say he didn't get a chance to sit on the end he's next to you and every so often he's bumping you with the fork or his elbow trying to get the fork to his
1: mouth yeah yeah no that's antichrist because jesus sits on the right hand of the (laughs) father Oh, that's funny. Can you say that? My husband's left-handed. He would he'd be laughing at that. If uh, not, it was a good run.
0: It was a good <laughs> run. That's right. All right. Well, we'll drop that little thing now. Oh, we'll never do that again on this podcast. Um all right. So, I brought up last week this guy named William Lane Craig. He is the guy that defends the faith and he anywhere he goes, he's probably the smartest guy in the room. And somebody brought up that question about is Christianity copied mm. from other mythology and ancient religions and right, stuff like right, that. Right, And, and it's just, I, I, I think what really it, you know what, let me just play it. And, and by the, the way, can I just say, after.
1: when people bring that question up, it's a great question. It's a wonderful, I'm thinking it through, not just going to buy whatever somebody serves me on a plate in religion class question. However, it has been used at nauseum to try to somehow kick the one true living God off of a pedestal, which, yeah. by the way, you can't do that regardless of whatever you, kind yeah. of question we can he's come up there, with. He's there, right. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I want to always encourage people to ask the questions. Ask
0: well, them. He's going to tell you that, and he's super nice the way he says it, but he's mm. also very... Direct? Well, no, he's very um, smart. <laughs> he talks <laughs> smart. Uh, but he's about to tell you that it's really not a great question. Now, if you don't know, you don't know. So yes, certainly ask. But he's about to tell you why that atheists that continually take that stance, well, it's copied... He's about to tell you why it's
2: super outdated, actually. So here you go. Remember I mentioned that New Testament scholarship has tried all these other things before. And one of them back in the late 19th century, early 20th century, was this attempt to compare Christian beliefs to what one could find in other ancient religions. And one of the things that was tried was to look at supposed resurrection myths of dying and rising gods, like Osiris. And... Tammuz and Adonis and and so forth. And some of the scholars at that time thought to try to explain away the Christian belief in the resurrection as a result of the influence of these pagan myths of dying and rising gods. Well, that movement soon collapsed within New Testament scholarship. And these internet people who are still pushing it are over a hundred years out of touch with scholarship on this issue. Why did it collapse? For two reasons. Number one, the, the parallels turned out to be spurious. In fact, there are no parallels in ancient mythology of dying and rising deities. For example, Osiris, one of the most popular of these myths, doesn't really come back to life at all. He just continues to live in the nether realm of the dead, in the the underground realm of the departed dead. He doesn't come back to life in, in this world. The resurrection of Jesus is a Jewish idea that is without parallel in other ancient religions. The second reason that this movement collapsed was in any case there's no causal connection between these pagan myths, and the first disciples of Jesus. And it was, re- it was realized that it was simply the wrong interpretive background to try to understand Jesus of Nazareth and the Gospels against the backdrop of these Greco-Roman and other sorts of pagan myths of, of uh, dying and rising deities. So that there just isn't a causal connection. Jews were aware of these pagan religions, and they found them abhorrent. And so there are no cults of these uh, seasonal dying and rising gods in first century Israel, no trace at all. So the idea that the disciples would sincerely come to believe that Jesus of Nazareth was actually risen physically from the dead on the basis of these these myths is just utterly implausible. So, why I
0: really like it is because I know I get. We talked about our defensiveness. I get right off the bat. I see something on the internet, or I see somebody, you know, even that I know, bring up a a, a hard question, an attacking question. And really a lot of it out there. There's a couple of hard questions. The problem of evil. You know, if if God is good, why is he even allowing evil? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some hard questions. Sure, But a lot of this is very surface level and it's already been answered. And he said that's 100 years old.
1: To whose liking has it been answered?
0: Well, I I guess, do you not take that answer as...
1: Oh, I think it's a great answer. It's a very smart and educated answer.
0: Oh, you're saying... People who don't want to leave in Christianity still won't accept that. Oh,
1: no, because what the disciples wrote, these men who are Jewish, mm-hmm. who would have no desire to emulate any sort of ancient Greek. Mm-hmm. Right. Or mythological character or, or narrative, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, well, but they made it up too. there's a never ending well True. of questions. Right. And so I I want to encourage, you know, you, you said that this guy points out that th- that isn't a good question. It was a friend of mine who when she raised her hand in Sunday school had a question that maybe somebody thought wasn't a good enough question. Mm-hmm. And they excused her from the room and she never went back to church. Sure. So, and I,
0: I saw the look on your face earlier. I didn't mean it like a it's you're stupid if you ask.
1: I just I well I think I think all questions need to be entertained as as appropriate. Regardless yeah. of yeah. the now, you're gonna hit situations where people are gonna you can tell they don't want to have a conversation. They're just being nasty. Right. Right. And you can and politely say, if you ever would like to talk about this, I, I would really enjoy talking. I can tell um, that you ha- it seems like you already have your mind made up about what you're sharing. I,
0: I find people that are kind of doing the attacking kind of do it for an audience. So if you get it one on one, I think yeah. it could be a very interesting conversation.
1: You have this incredibly educated, smart person sitting there and explaining why perhaps something you read in a Dan Brown novel right. Right. is not valid, Yeah, but that's your only point of reference because that's what you read and it has you concerned, then I think you have a valid question. Yeah, you so, only know what you know. If you would like to have a conversation, you know, then here are the facts that, that I have at my disposal to give to you. And I think we have to be careful. Sometimes, you know, I, I mentioned this last, last podcast and, and hearing a pastor recently call people idiots if they believe something. Mm-hmm. We are stunting ourselves in in terms of Christian growth by by observing others as you're you're not you're not hitting the mark in terms of you're not good enough even by asking the questions that you're asking. It obviously comes from a place of either confusion, refusal to want to 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 um, fall in line with what God has for their life, there's something pain-filled in that place. Mm -hmm. There's something wounded there. And if we are the person of Jesus Christ, we are not going to let it uh, make our conversation attack them, but it's going to rather come alongside them and try to maybe address the wound first with the, the, the appropriate medicine. Maybe it's our kind words. And say, so if, you're, if you're ready to talk about this, I'm ready to talk about it with you. I don't know. We just, I think we could do a better job. I know I certainly could. I get very... I attack people sometimes in my... I need to be aware of my triggered moments. Breathe. Well, and where... Choose. It's got to start
0: somewhere. It does. And where I like this mm-hmm. is take me telling anybody this out of the equation for a second. Yeah. I hear those questions. Yeah. And now I have questions. Yeah. You hear those raised yeah and you're like and that's where we go back to okay here's what we're talking about the make it or break it part of christianity is the resurrection true or is it copied from something else right and that's where i start to get you know now it's more of a quiet time experience me between me and god and understanding as much evidence as i can understand mm-hmm. not taught not even talking about it with atheists yet i just hear a claim and, and i you might even tense up a little bit and so a An answer like this is so relieving. And the assurance that much of what you see out there attacking Christianity, they haven't looked into it themselves. They've just copied some atheist that said it once. And now it's just this theme that goes about it when nobody's most people that say that haven't even looked into it.
1: It's a personal thing for me, even in in having this discussion, just because uh, having obsessive compulsive disorder and, uh mostly dealing with the obsession part of that now as opposed to the compulsive part of it because I'm able to um, I'm able to be aware and breathe through a lot of those compulsive um, type I used to check things a lot maybe you've heard of that checking light switches or checking appliances and checking and checking I would do that a lot as a child and so I'm able to kind of break away from that place Mm -hmm. but the obsessive part i could never turn that part of my brain off because i didn't have the chemicals necessary to do it to get enough information to answer those questions so once i'd hear that guy Mm -hmm. who brings me comfort in regards to helping me answer right now another question pops up but but what if this how do i answer this and mm-hmm. pretty soon you get to the end of the line where it literally is the evidence of things unseen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like now I, Rochelle, do you know in your bones? I know in my bones this is real. Then you need to allow that to be enough mm-hmm. because I I obsess about it. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. I don't know if you've ever struggled like that. Uh, you can't get enough. You can't fill up enough with enough questions answered. Um, it really does come down to God. I've done my homework. And I know that I know that I know. I can't put yeah. my finger on it. I can't even explain it. But I right. just know that I know.
0: Well, it'd be like this. It'd be like uh, if you—and this this would be a terrible analogy for, for actual salvation because Jesus did all the work. But in terms of this knowledge and the leap of faith mm-hmm. that you have to take, um, it'd be like, all right, I am going to—you have, you have to make a leap. And do you want to leap across this creek that's uh, four feet wide? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to leap across the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Which one do you want to try to leap over?
1: Now, how do you know the Grand Canyon exists? I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> now, this is the Grand Canyon,
0: the leap of faith of there's n- nobody knows. Atheists will admit there's—we uh, don't know how the universe started and all that stuff. I mean, there's ideas and theories and all uh-huh. that stuff. Uh, or— that God created it, and there's still a lot of unknown, but that God created it, and and all of a sudden you're in a much smaller space of having to take a, take a leap of faith.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so it it there's it, you're absolutely right. It's both. It goes hand in hand. It's 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 certainly faith, uh, but there's so much when you truly there's look evidence. into it yeah. that there's so much evidence.
1: Evidence of things unseen and clearly tangible evidence as well.
0: That's very true. That's very true. It's
1: right. good. Thank you. Thank you for hanging
0: out the Anything yep. But Quiet Time podcast. Um, we won't do that Christian Devo game again
1: that was amazing (laughs) come on